Welcome to the Community of Hope Church podcast. Our church exists to interest disinterested people in Jesus Christ and then grow together into fully devoted followers of Him. So wherever you are, we hope you find this message helpful, practical, and applicable to your life. God bless. So we are in 21 days of prayer. I encourage you to grab your app. We're going to jump into this. And we are learning right now, uh, focusing on how to hear God's voice in prayer. And uh, every year that we're doing this in, in, uh, at the front end of the year, we're focusing on a particular aspect of prayer. And this year, we're focusing on how to hear God's voice in prayer. For those of you that want a definition, here's what we're saying. Prayer is a conversational relationship between yourself and God in which, look at this, we speak and are spoken to. And that's what we're focusing on right now. We have uh, already talked about this sort of immortalized sort of observation from comedian of days gone past, Lily Tomlin, who said this. She said, why is it that when I talk to God, it's called prayer, and when God talks to me, it's called mental illness? And so we're pushing against that with this really wonderful truth. And here's the truth. I want you to say it with me. God is real. Say it with me. God is real. He is speaking. And I can learn to hear his voice. Say it. I can learn to hear his voice. So um, here's what we're saying in this series. We're saying that um, listening uh, involves the assumption that there is stuff to listen to and that I can learn to hear it, right? The, the baked-in assumption of listening is that there's stuff to listen to and that I can learn to hear it. I, I remember this when um, we were first parents. How many of y'all remember when you first became a parent? Let me see your hands. And I can remember when, uh, when Haley was born, and when Haley was born, uh, she was born early in the morning, and we literally went home in the afternoon. We were home the same day. And so we had, we had the baby. We went to the doctor. I remember uh, being at the doctor's office. They were checking out our, our precious little girl. And, and when all of that was through, the doctor looked at us, and he said, okay, you're free to go. And I can remember thinking, should we be allowed to go? Is this even legal? Like, you know, like, I mean, you know, there's no, you know, when you have a baby, there's no uh, owner's manual that comes with that, right? You know, I mean, and and I remember, I remember thinking about that and we were just, you're navigating, you're trying to figure all that out. I remember about six months later, we thought we had the routine down and we were, we were beginning to kind of move back into a little bit of a normal routine. And for us means taking Friday off and, and we would date. And I remember telling Beth, I said, you know, I, I feel really good about this. Uh, we're going to have a, a normal Friday and we're going we're gonna to date together. And date meant we would go rent a movie, which meant, how many remember you would go to a store? Right? I mean, some of the people in the room right now are going, you're making that up. I'm not making it up. Here, here's what we would do. We'd go to a store. You would walk down the aisles trying to pick a movie. Then you'd go home frustrated and go to bed. Come on, right? That's how it worked. But I remember, I remember renting a movie, coming home, thinking, gosh, we're going to put Haley down. We're going to snuggle on the couch. We're going to, you know, whenever we snuggle, we, we sit on the uh, couch together. You know, Beth just wants to smooch on me. It's just sort of what happens, you know. And uh, this, I mean, I get it. I understand. And, 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 uh, and right, right when all of this was, you know, I had all these great plans. Right when the movie started, Beth goes, did you hear Haley? Now, here's, here's the deal. Did I hear Haley? No. Did I want to hear Haley? 
No. But she had tuned her ears already to hear that voice. And we can tune our ears to hear the voice of God. And so that's what we're focusing on. It takes a little bit of a skill. It takes a little bit of a discipline. And so these are the things that we're focusing on uh, right now. Now, if you've been with us in the series so far, uh, we began with uh, this story about Eli and Samuel, in which Eli tells Samuel, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If you're with us in that message, we just walked our way through all of those different words. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. If you're with us last week, I thought Pastor Trevor did a great job helping us kind of focus on, in a way, uh, not what the voice of God sounds like. That's, that's really provocative to think about what the voice of God sounds like. But Trevor helped us focus on, focus on what the voice of God feels like. And we looked at the story of the two on the Emmaus Road. Luke chapter 24 verse 32 says this. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? When we walked along and we listened to God's voice and they realized it was Jesus. And so that was super helpful. And so this weekend, what we want to do is I want to focus on an important passage of scripture. And there's always a bit of a, uh, some ner- uh, some anxiety for me whenever um, we focus on a passage of scripture that's really well known. Because we have a tendency to think we know it all. And we have a tendency to kind of tune it out. And have you ever noticed that in our culture, still yet even today, there are certain passages of scripture that still in the broader sense of community uh, in our culture, people understand them and they hear them, like John 3.16 or like Psalm 23. And uh, the story I want to read this morning to you is a familiar one. And it comes from the gospel writer Luke, and he's writing in Luke 8, and it's the parable of the sower. And it's a passage of scripture we've even looked at here at our church, but I want to focus on it this morning in a particular way, because parables often are these things that you can just keep sort of twisting and turning around and letting the sun sort of, sort of you know, go through them and give you sort of a new perspective. And so I want to read this passage of scripture, so I invite you to stand And we're going to look at the parable of the sower. We're going to pick it up uh, in in verse 4 of Luke chapter 8, read down to verse 14. So hear God's word for us. So while a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. Here's the parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Now other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. And still other seed fell on good soil, and it came up and it yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears, let them hear. Now his disciples asked him what this parable meant, and he said to them, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom has been given to you, but to others I speak in parables, so that though seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. So this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God, 
And those along the path are the ones who hear it and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. And they believe for a while, but in a time of testing, okay, they fall away. Now the seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear it, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Let's pray. Uh, Lord, uh, give us uh, insight and ability this morning uh, to look past uh, our familiarity with a normal stopping place for many of us in your word and say something new and fresh. Lord, uh, we lay before you this idea that we're wanting to do better at understanding that prayer involves a conversational relationship with a living God in which we speak and we are spoken to. So help us in this idea for we pray together in Jesus' precious name and everybody said amen. So if you're interested, let me just sort of tee you up real quickly about um, what's going on here. So first of all, I want you to know Jesus would often speak in parables, And parables were uh, this uh, way of speaking where he would uh, help his uh, hearers notice something that was going on in their culture around them, sometimes from an agricultural standpoint or something from an everyday standpoint. And they were often used, parables were often used to do really two things. They They would highlight or give understanding as to who Jesus is. And they would highlight or give understanding as to what the kingdom of God is comprised of. So a lot of times when Jesus would speak in parables, there was just a central idea he was trying to communicate. And that's going to be important for us to think about in a moment. And so what I want to do this morning, we're going to lean into this uh, scripture, we're going to lean into this parable, and this is... Uh, I just want to teach our way through it because there's some stuff here I want us to understand if we're going to learn how to hear God's voice and understand what that is. So this is what parables often did. Uh, And in some parables, okay, the details would have a symbolic importance. And this is one of those parables. And so Jesus is laying a lot of... uh, uh, track down around the idea of the kingdom of God and, 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 and what the kingdom of God is like and how to engage with the kingdom of God. And he's laying this sort of track down that they would understand this, and he's going right at an important concept. And the important concept is the one we're kind of aiming at, how we can hear God's voice. And what I want us to understand around this uh, is that this is Uh, what he's doing here in in a way is unique because we don't have a lot of parables in which um, he explains the parable and this is what he's doing. He gives the parable, they ask for an explanation and then he does it. And here's what I want us to notice real quick, quickly if you're taking notes. The idea that God is speaking, here's what I want you to notice. It's not in question. 
Okay, it's not in question. So the inference is God is speaking, okay? Here's what's also not in question. Our hearing is not in question. Now, if you're, if you're thinking about this and taking notes, a lot of times for me, when I'm studying the Bible or reading the Bible, I, I almost pretend in a way sometimes when, I'm, when there's an important concept going on, I, I pretend this is all there is to know about this concept. So if all we have to understand about hearing God is this idea, uh, this parable, I would, I would want us to note that God speaking is not in question. Uh, our hearing is not in question. Here's the question I want us to think about. What type of hearer are we going to be? I mean, him speaking's not a question. Hearing's not a question. This is the question for us this morning. So now what I was thinking about, let's just move through the parable for a few moments. The first thing that we noticed, the first, uh, we'll just call it hearer one. And hearer one is, um, this is what I would describe, is someone with a closed heart and mind. Okay, and it's referenced in the hard soil. And we see it there in Luke uh, chapter eight, verse five. Farmer went to sow his seed. As he was scattering his seed, some fell along the path, it was trampled, and the birds ate it up. Now, this one uh, is something that we have to think about, and there's a bit of a challenge right on the front end. I wanna, I wanna let you in on the challenge, so stay with me here. Here's what I want you to notice, first of all. There's an obvious thing we wanna talk about, Uh, And then there's a less obvious thing I want to focus on just for a moment. Here's the obvious thing that I want us to think about. First of all, it's simply this. Some of us struggle to hear because our hearts are hard and our minds are closed. I just want you to know that. Sometimes we can't hear because of that. And I was thinking about this. There's a million reasons, really, right? Uh, we could be too intelligent to believe, too prideful to admit we need help, too insecure to think God cares, too skeptical to believe he's real, too spiritually apathetic to care. The list goes on and on and on and on. And there's probably something you could put in that list. I was reading recently a, a book entitled Trust by uh, Henry Cloud. It's his new book. He's a Christian psychologist, and I tend to read a lot of the stuff he writes. This is super powerful. And uh, he m- makes this observation, Henry Cloud. I've heard him make it before that to be a parent, listen to this. He says, to be a parent is to learn to celebrate your children's separation from you. I hear the rumble in the room. <laughs> When your kids are little, I remember the first time I read that, I was like very offended. I was like, I would never let my kid, little girls go, right? And then when they get older, you're kind of going, when are you going to get out of the house? There's this idea. Now, when I was growing up, right, when you get to adolescence, adolescence, how many of y'all remember this? It's awkward, right? It's awkward for the, the kid, the teenager. It's awkward for the parent. They're, they're, you're in this kind of squabble and you're trying to figure out your independence and parents don't know how, like which string to cut. And it's just kind of an awkward time. And I can remember when I was going through this and it was awkward. I didn't do everything right. Sometimes I would kind of make some mistakes. And my dad had a phrase he would use every now and again when my lack of maturity got the better part of me. And I know it's hard for you to think that I ever struggled with a lack of maturity, but <laughs> But when it would get the better part of me, I don't know how your dad would do it or your folks would do it. My dad would say this. He would sometimes say, hey, Dale, I just want you to know, you are your own worst enemy. 
How many of you heard that? I, I hear it. Therapy has helped me out a lot after that. I've <laughs> mostly passed it. Um, and, and this is the concept I think it's important sometimes for us to know. If you want to hear God's voice, here's what I would tell some of us in the room or online. Sometimes you are your own worst enemy when it comes to learning to hear God's voice. Now, I wish that was all there is. That's the obvious thing. Let's go to the less obvious thing. Down in verse 12, Jesus defines, gives us another definition. Those along the path are the ones who hear and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their heart so that they may not believe and be saved. As a church, sometimes we're trying to We're trying to get people onto the dance floor of believing there's a God who loves and cares. This is the extra step on the dance floor to believe that there is actually an enemy working against all of the processes of God in your life, right? And uh, I know sometimes there's a struggle. I remember another old-time comedian, his name was Flip Wilson. I don't know if you remember him. How many of y'all remember that? And he would go, the devil made me do it, right? He would say that. Whatever happened, he would go, the devil made me do it. And sometimes you would want to look at the stuff he was talking about and go, I don't know that the devil made you do it. You're just being a dimwit. That's what, that's what made you do it. And so a lot of times we, we just kind of, um, we don't take it serious. C.S. Lewis said it this way. He said, there are two equal and opposite errors into which our race can fall about the devils. One is to disbelieve in their existence altogether. Look at this. The other is to believe and to feel an excessive and unhealthy interest in them. It's a bit of balancing tensions. Here's what I want you to know for those of you that struggle in this category. Here's what I would want you to understand. Notice it's Jesus here talking about the devil. And he's talking about the devil and the specific acts the devil takes sometimes in our lives. One of the most famous verses around that Jesus ever said, John chapter 10, verse 10, he said, the thief, which is the devil, comes to steal and kill and destroy. Sometimes when really bad things happen, we always tend to go, well, there's a reason for everything. I don't know that I agree theologically with that because there's a devil who wants to come and steal and kill and destroy, right? So um, what's the solution or the goal around this first one? I think it's this cultivating an open heart and an open mind. So here's what I want to do. Uh, After each one of these, I just want to offer a prayer, offer a space for prayer, and for you to ask God, Lord, how can you help me cultivate this year an open mind and heart? Let's pray. Lord, we're your people, online and in this room. For some of us right now, the prayer is simply this. Would you help us this year cultivate an open heart and open mind toward you? God, would you um, point out what we need to do business with so that we could just move forward? And prayer might become more for us something, Lord, in which we speak and are spoken to. And we pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. All right, let's go on. So um, let's say, I would say here too uh, is, uh, here's how I describe this person. Someone with a superficial heart and mind. 
someone with a superficial heart and mind. Uh, it's the shallow soil. And we're going to notice this in uh, Luke chapter 8, verse 6, right? Because remember, God's speaking, we're hearing. What kind of hear are you going to be? Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Now, let me think, help you think about this for a moment. In Jerusalem, Jerusalem uh, is built on limestone. And limestone, uh, we can ask our Garden of Hope uh, folks, limestone is very, it's a, creates a very difficult environment for uh, plants to push past the limestone to get down where the nutrients and where the uh, moisture is. And so this is the idea that um, Jesus is communicating here. Uh, and, and I want to go to verse uh, 13. Look at how he describes it. We learn a little more. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. So they believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. I've noticed a particular infection for those of us who are newer in our Christian journey around this. You ever notice when, um, you know, when something is new, you're super passionate about it, right? I remember a few years ago, I got a brand new lawnmower. Man, I was mowing the yard every other day. I was fired up about it. And then after kind of the new wears off, yeah, maybe not so much, right? And some of us, when we come to faith, there's all this excitement. And then after a moment, now it becomes, I got to dig in. I got to be a little deeper. I got to be a little more thoughtful. I got to get into it. I remember a few years ago, uh, I think it was three years ago, Beth and I went out and uh, we, we went to Yellowstone uh, National Park. I want to show you a picture. I think we have, look at that. Does that even look real? I told the people this morning when we were putting all this together, I said, that doesn't look real. And she's so beautiful. She doesn't look real either. I mean, come on. Okay. Need all the help I can get. I'm just going to, I'm not going to miss my shot. Um, when we were out there though, here's the cool thing. We downloaded this thing. It's called Gypsy Guide. And I, I recommend it to you. You could look it up. And the Gypsy Guide was this thing that when you're going through the park, you download it. I think it works off a of GPS. And you're just driving through the park and it would go, hey, the next stop, you're, next, you're coming up to your next left. This is a great place to pull over. You're not going to want to miss this. And if you, if, you, if you don't start slowing down, it goes, hey, idiot, pull over to the left. It doesn't do that, but it feels like that, okay? And then you would be riding along and it would go, now you're going to come up with a couple of stops on the right. If, if you're pressed for time, you can, you can miss this one if you want to. And it, and it would just sort of lead you and show you to where you really wanted to kind of take a moment and lean in so that you're not like Clark Griswold and you're, you know, you're at the, you know, whatever it was. And then he just turns around and leaves right away, right? It's this kind of idea. And, and so the solution, here's the solution that I would say that, that Jesus is pointing to around this idea. We have to allocate the time to go d- deeper. I remember a story I read a long, long time ago that, I, that whenever I think about this concept, I, I tend to remember this story. It's, it's a story about a surgeon. I want to show you his picture. Uh, his, this, this, is, this is Dr. Evan O'Neill Kane. Uh, he was a surgeon, and uh, he helped us understand the importance of localized anesthesia. And up until this time, this would have been about 1920, uh, the medical world only really 
uh, practice general anesthesia. So if they had something small that was likely to be painful, they would put you out. He was concerned about that. And so he developed and helped us understand uh, more localized anesthesia. And he was looking for volunteers to prove that he was right. He said, I want to do a surgery with local. How many of you would volunteer for that? Okay. Like nobody volunteered and finally realized if I'm going to help people understand, I'm going to have to lean in on this. And so in 1919, his finger got infected and he amputated his own finger. Right? Right? Now watch this. And then in 1921, I want to show you a picture. This is Dr. Evan O'Neill Kane taking out his own appendix. Come on. And you're going, what does this have to do with what you're trying to preach on? (laughs) Mostly nothing. (laughs) But follow me, follow me. This ought to be the picture of all of us when we're opening God's word. Lord, would you come? Would you do spiritual surgery on me? As I read your word. Would you read me? What's, what's the solution? What's the goal? Allocating time. Some of us need to allocate time. Let's pray. Lord, help us. For those of us that need to figure out a way to step away from, you know, the most superficial moment and collective history is now. Help us, God, to allocate time to hear your voice this year. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, third here, real quick. Here, number three. Here, number three is someone with a distracted or preoccupied mind. And we notice this, the soil with thorns. Uh, And I want you to notice here, let's go to the, I think it's verse seven. Look at this. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the weeds. Then he goes on to define it a little bit later in verse 14. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear it. But as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries and riches and pleasures. And they don't ever mature. Now, here's the idea I really want to key on around this verse. Everything here is not necessarily completely bad. Can, can you see it? Uh, we have a terrible, uh, we've caught the infection of our age, that, uh, which is this. Everything is a binary argument. It's all good or it's all bad, right? I have to 100% agree with you or I hate your guts, right? That's a lie of our culture, lie of our culture. Then we put that in our faith and we do the same thing. All good or all bad. Here's the thing. It's, it, there's some stuff that's sort of in the middle. The reality is um, we do have things we are concerned about. We don't want to overly worry about them. We want to take them to the Lord. But uh, to, not to say, hey, don't ever care about anything. That's not what I'm preaching. Uh, Dr. Steve would let me know later on that's heresy, right? Okay, so riches and pleasures. That's not all bad. Okay, Uh, I was thinking about this morning. I was meditating before I came here. Uh, The word of God says this, in your presence, Lord, is the fullness of joy. I mean, uh, that's pleasurable, right? Um, 
really what he's talking about here is a lineup, a level of ascendancy. I remember years ago reading a leadership book that was called Good to Great. I want to show it to you. And the whole concept behind this, this idea of good to great, why are some companies good and then some companies are great? And the real difference was the companies that, that were great companies uh, were living into this principle of giving up even good things, watch this, for things that are better. Do you hear that? And so when we're talking about thorns, sometimes... Sometimes it could be a good thing, but we're not elevating what's even a better thing. And I want to tell you, because I know you, and I know me, we need to hear God's voice. I don't, I, 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 you know, I'm always tempted as a communicator to go, no, I don't know about you. Here's the reality. I do know about you. <laughs> and, and we have areas in our lives where we need to hear God's voice. We need his wisdom. We need his correction. We need his grace. This is just true. Let's pray. Lord, help us. Help us, God, get it in the right order. Right now, even, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you point out what it is that we are focusing on too much, that we would drop that in its order of priority to bring higher in priority this year, hearing your voice, knowing your voice. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. One other prayer. Not yet, Keith. There's, there's one more, which is the one who hears God, which is a good and noble heart. Real quickly, look at it. It's the good soil. What, is, what does Jesus say? Look at what he says here. Other seed fell in good soil. It came up, yielded a crop, 100, time, 100 times more than what was sown. And when he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. There's this weird passage of scripture in the middle of this. You know, for some, I just say it. And for others, I speak in parables so that hearing they won't hear, so understanding they won't. And you read that and you can almost go, gosh, Lord, it doesn't sort of sound like you. Here's what he's doing. He, he's, he's just communicating that you can listen and not hear. I kid you not, as the Lord is my witness, last night I'm on the couch with my wife. And she, we're trying to pick a show that wasn't football. I don't know why, but we're trying to do that. And, 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 and she said something to me, and she then goes, she said it, and I said, what? And she goes, you're not listening to me, right? And I said, I am listening to you, and I kid you not, this is what she said to me, then you're not hearing me. Okay? That's the concept. Notice this real quickly and we're done. Watch this. What's the next verse I have up there? I'm trying to remember. The goal is to cooperate with what God says. We, we see it in James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word. He's speaking. Don't just listen to it. 
and deceive yourselves. Look at, do what it says. Come on, let's go on. Let's go to verse 23 here. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says, like someone who looks at his face in a mirror after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Then he goes on. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom, anybody need freedom? And continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Who wants blessing? Who needs wisdom? Who needs grace? Who needs forgiveness? Come on. All right, Keith, this is your moment. Come on. Okay. Okay. Let's stand. Let's stand. We have one more prayer. Let's pray it. Let's pray it. Lord, uh, would you make the prayer of all of our hearts this year be that we would be and want to be people of a good and noble heart? God, I'm going to tell you what I want in my life. I, I want to be a good and noble man who uh, is receptive to hear your word, cultivating an open mind and heart, allocating time to listen, eliminating the distractions. And then, God, I want to do this better this year. I want to cooperate with what you tell me. Help me. In Jesus' name, and everybody said. I can tell you what I've learned about Jesus. Uh, He's willing. He's willing to pour his spirit out on his people. And you are going to have experiences and run into things this year where you're going to need wisdom and strength and power beyond your capacity. But we have a God who's good. We have a God who's kind. We have a God who's speaking. And he wants to speak to you. The best thing you can do church this year is fashion your life to hear his voice my God in heaven give us the courage to make that our prayer this year so that Lord um, we would be recipients of all the kind grace you're willing to offer for we pray in Jesus name and everybody said Amen. Uh, We have my friends here. Love to pray for you before you go out. Go in his grace. We'll see you next weekend.